good morning. It's a coffee morning, it is. I need my coffee this morning. Uh, hope you're doing well, and we're looking forward to getting through another another chapter of Nehemiah. <clears throat> this man is very, very interesting. And that is, we have an interesting little slide here where what we're faced with here in Nehemiah is really the wiles of the devil, right? We, we learn about the wiles of the devil in Ephesians 6 in our bearing the armor of God. But you have a man of principles too, and you have a man, and this is where it's very interesting to see that balance, that fight, if you will, that challenge between the enemy just hitting him over and over again. We're going to find that out today, and we're going to see that he is a man of principles. And today, today we need to see, we need to have principles founded on the Word of God. You could compare Nehemiah 6 to Ephesians 6, right? <clears throat> Those are two things that are side by side. All righty, so let's jump over into Nehemiah 6. The three enemies are popping up again here, and so we want to catch a glimpse of what these guys are doing here. Conspiracy against Nehemiah, rather, chapter 6. Now, it happened when Samballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there was no breaks left in it, though at that time I had not hung the doors in the gates. That Sambalat and Geshem sent to me saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? But they sent me this message four times, and I answered them the same manner. You know, I just want to glean, let's just sit on these couple, three verses at, at the beginning here and really look at these things here. First off, you know, <clears throat> we're going to find about the wall here at the end of the chapter here, how fast it's going up, and there's no breaks left in it. The enemy wants to break through, you know, and, and what is it the Lord Jesus says that in, is it John 10, the the, the thief and the robber want to break through and steal, right? Plunder and steal. And a good sheepfold would have no breaks in the sheepfold fence as the sheep are sitting in there. And the shepherd, remember in John 10, the shepherd is sitting there in the gate, right? That's how that works. And the shepherd is the gatekeeper, if you will. Well, here Nehemiah is building the, he's building the, the wall. The wall is being built. There's no breaks left in it. And but he had not hung the doors. He had not hung the doors in the gates, and that's important thing because we have to have doors and gates. And we're going to read about that as we go along in the in the book that there is an importance of having doors and gates in the wall. Then it says they came. They said, "Come, let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Ono." They were in doing a vite, and so they were wanting to have a little little powwow, if you will, and 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 they are wanting to. They're wanting to basically come together. Let's come together as as brethren, if you will, right? And, you know, we're going to have three wiles of the devil coming up through this chapter here. And this is the first one here. Enemy with a compromise, having a friendly conference, right? 
Let's just have a friendly conference. They have, remember, they, they said at the beginning of the, of the book, remember we read about that, how let's, let's build with you. And he says, you have no part in building with me. You have no part in this. Well, they come together, come outside the city, come outside the city here and let's go ahead and, and let's build, let's have a little powwow in the plain of Ono. And he says, oh no, you know, that's how that, that's how that goes. But he sends messengers. He says, I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. Do you find that, do we have things that distract us from the Lord's work? Uh, This is a very solemn thing here. Do we have, I am doing a great work and I cannot come down. Do we have things that distract us from doing the Lord's work? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. The affairs of this life, the entertainment of this life, the whatever in this life, the comfort of this life, all of this can distract us from doing the Lord's work. I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Wow. Why should the work cease while I leave? Why should the work cease while I come down and go to you? Now, he's not blaming anybody. He senses, he senses who they, they want to cause him mischief. Yes, he senses that, but he's basically throwing it back and saying, why should I let the great work? Why should I stop the great work that the Lord is doing? And right now, the Lord is <clears throat> raising up. I, I think we're in the last days here and to have a work done unto him. What an honor and a blessing it is before we all get to glory. If you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, you know, if you if you don't know the Lord Jesus as your Savior, if you're coming across the podcast and you go, what's this all about? Well, recognize the fact that the Lord Jesus died for the world, which includes you, and we have to come and fall down on our faces before him and ask for repentance for our sins, and he washes our sins away. It's a beautiful thing to become clean, become a new man, and so that's that's the gospel in a nutshell that we get about 500 years later after Nehemiah here, 400 years later. But it's a beautiful thing to see Nehemiah loves God before the Lord Jesus came down to this earth. And now we look back and we love the Lord Jesus for the work that he did for us as well. So as we move on here, it says, then Sambalat and his sent, sent me to uh, his servant to me as before the fifth time with an open letter in a hand. And it was written, it is reported among the nations, and Geshem says that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, there is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come, therefore, and let us consult together. Well, here we have another while here. We have a letter being delivered, and, and it's, it's, called, it's called slander, all right? That's our second one here, enemy with the public slander. Slander is coming at Nehemiah here, and it's very important to see that enemy will twist things up, create a story, if you will. You know, our blessed Lord Jesus, right? The Lord Jesus, he had slander brought to him too, right? They were, they were accusing him of something as they were whipping him and beating him. And, and was it the high priest hall there? And they had to go find, they had to go find some, some. And it says, this man says he will, he will crash the temple and, and raise it again in three days, right? And they're trying to come up with something with him, with our Lord Jesus. They're trying to come up with something here. And they were bringing slander upon our Lord Jesus, amongst many other things. But slander is a tool that is very, very key. You also find, too, if you turn into um, 
into 2 Corinthians, the second Paul, the Paul was writing the second letter to the Corinthians, you'll also find too that, that there were even saints inside Corinth that were slandering Paul as well. So slander can be a very, a very effective tool from the enemy, but let's, let's see how, how Nehemiah deals with it here. And you also have appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king. So come together and let us consult together. You know, this is a very interesting, slanderous piece because remember, Nehemiah is the, chief, the king's cupbearer. Nehemiah said, Hey, can I go back and, and help build the wall? The king says, well, How long are you going to be gone? Well, he wasn't, he's going to be gone for 12 years. But, you know, this, little, this is a little nugget of slander here that it has a plausibility to it, right? Because of the fact that, oh, the king hears, oh, this Nehemiah, my, my guy, my right-hand man, is headed back, and he's building a wall, he's become their king. You know, that is a very, very plausible, slanderous piece. Verse 8, Then I sent to him, saying, No such things as you saying are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying, Their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. You know, what is Nehemiah's, what is, when, he, when, when he's presented with an attack on the enemy, what is Nehemiah's, what's his, what's his response? I'm looking for the word, response. Response is, he lifts his head up to God, doesn't he? Right? We saw this right here. Let's go, go ahead and take a peek at this here. Right? There, every time the enemy attacks, he just lifts himself up to God. Isn't that beautiful? That's his, that's his, he has that communion with his God that he's able to just lift up his eyes to God when the enemy is attacking him, all right? And so here he says, he says, now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. All right, here's a pop question here. Pop question is, how many times has Nehemiah prayed thus far in the book, right? At the very beginning, that was the challenge to throw out there. How many times does he pray in the book? Well, here is another prayer. Very short, very effective, and very, very needed at this time. Okay? All righty. So let's move on. That was, that was uh, you know, the effective slander that goes on. That We've had two of these attacks so far uh, on Nehemiah. Move on to verse 10. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Methodabel, who was a secret informer. Look at that. You know, it's interesting to see Nehemiah's got, he's the man in the know, right? And so he's a secret informer and said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. And I said, should such a man as I flee? And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Oh my goodness. For this reason he was hired, that I should be afraid and act that way and sin so that they might have a cause for an evil report that they might reproach in me. I'm going to highlight verse 13. I'm going to highlight verse 13 and just, med- just, just chew on that a little bit, right? For this reason is hired. You know, he's asking God for wisdom. And I will tell you, when these times are coming upon us, we need to turn to God 
and ask for wisdom, and I can I can re- freely repent. I can freely freely repent that that has not been the case with me over the years. When there's slanderous things that come on, to just immediately turn to God, fall on my knees. I have I I I I think we can all we can all repent on that and acknowledge that. And you know, there the enemy is sitting there trying to twist this right, so they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. And so <clears throat> the reproaches, the enemy is trying to reproach, and he's always trying to say, see, see, that that child of God right there, that child of God, look at that, that's sinning. And that's why we have the Lord Jesus in the glory right now. That's why we have the Lord Jesus in the glory that is an advocate for us. That's why we get First John. That's why John penned that first epistle, epistle to show us that the Lord Jesus is on the right hand interceding for us because the enemy is slandering. The enemy wants to slander his people. Now, God just wants us to fall on our faces towards him. Think of Job. Go back to the first chapter of Job. You know, God throws it out to Satan, and Satan says, well, you got that hedge about him, right? And so Satan says, hey, you got him all covered. No, no, all right, all right. And so take the hedge down. But the failure in Job is that he didn't fall on his face before the Lord, even though it didn't make sense, but just to fall on his face before the Lord. The enemy wants to cause as much disruption as possible. And so that's why it's important to see here that that they might approach me, that, that he realizes he was hired, that I should be afraid. Now let's talk about being hired, right? We have actually, I think we have a priest here. This is... Um, this is a priest here that is is sitting here. He's a he was a secret informer. It says here, right? He's a secret informer, and and he's feigning fear. He's feigning fear, and in feigning the fear, why you know he's trying to get others to be afraid, right? Because he was hired, and Nehemiah is a wise man. He's had communion with the Lord, and he's not fallen for it, okay? And so this is the third one that we're going to get here. We're getting a third slander here, and that's enemy with false friendship, all right? So false friendship and basically feigning treachery, treachery on Nehemiah's life. And Nehemiah is saying, why would I Why would I go out to see them and, oh, no, why would I hide in the temple, Right? I don't want to, there's no reproach to be bringing upon me and I, I sense you're being hired and this is the sense and the work of the enemy and we have to recognize what the work of the enemy is too, right? Uh, the enemy is very crafty and we have to sense what the work of the enemy is and then have instant communion uh, with him. All right, uh, with, with the Lord that is. All right, let's jump on down here and keep going because we won't need to finish this chapter here. Uh, let's get to exciting here. Well, before we do, uh, this is interesting. My God, remember Tobiah and Sambal according to cause their works, and the prophetess Naodiah and the rest of the prophets who would have me be afraid. Verse 14, I want to bring this to your attention. This is very key, and we're taking this up right now in our, in our little public meeting in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, which is happening, Jeremiah was happening, uh, let's see here, Jeremiah would have happened about 100 years before this or so, maybe 120 or so. Jeremiah was faced with the same thing. You can have false prophets say, we've got a word from the Lord. I've got a word from the Lord. You know what? It's not a word from the Lord. And you have to recognize that. And so there we have the prophetess Naodiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. 
And so now we have actual prophets saying they're from the Lord. And again, read Jeremiah to pick that up. And there, there you'll find Jeremiah, the true prophet of God, is sitting there combating. He's fighting against those that say they're from the Lord. And that's, and that's what we have today. We have today. We have many that say, we're, you know, we've got a word from the Lord. Well, you know what? No, it's a false prophet. There are false prophets. And how do you know that? How do you know if someone's a false prophet? Well, the interesting thing is you got to get your word of God out and look at the principles and what they're sitting on. If you don't know your word of God, then you won't know what's a false prophet. And ask the Lord for discernment, but the word of God is going to show us who is going to be a true prophet, who's going to be a false prophet. And I'm, when I say prophet today, I'm talking about a forth telling, right? Telling what the word of God says. It's not, it's not it's in the sense of it, it's not today the, the telling of future events. But it's important to get a hold of this because the enemy is using the exact same tactics then as he is now today. All right, moving on. Exciting part here at the last of the meeting here. Last of the broadcast. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elu in 52 days. Whew, can you think about that? 52 days is what that wall was being put up on. I think that's a precious thing to see. To see the hand of the Lord just laying it on there and just the wall is just going up and it's creating that separation. It's clear that what is that wall creating? It's creating in a within and it's creating a without, right? And there's going to be some gates and bars and, 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 and doors that go up. Yes, there is. You have to have those. But there is a wall that must go up to separate the principles of God, the people of God from the enemy of God. All right. And it happened when all the enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our God. That's very interesting. It's very interesting when the natural man can look on and go, huh, there's something interesting going there. For they perceived that this work was going on. To see the wall being built that rapidly was an amazing thing. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. Look at this verse 18. Verse 18 is absolutely just, it's so sad, so sad. What's it say? For many in Judah were pledged to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, and his son Jehonahan had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobias sent letters to frighten me. Well, I just want to you know, note this fact here too. Separation is important. And what this means is there were those that were in Judah there that were saying, hi, ha, <laughs> ha. Uh, hi, Nehemiah, you're my friend. Let's have supper together. But they're also talking with the enemy, right? Then the enemy is very unique here. The enemy is actually, a, he's actually married into the family, right? So there's family connections. And so separation can come in the fact that sometimes my own family may not be holding the same principles as I do. And it says many in Judah were pledged to him. So there was still a pledge to, to family, if you could say it that way, right? And to family alliances and friend, friends alliances. And sometimes that's not the best thing to do because Nehemiah is holding forth principles of God here. And there were those that were wishing to share in the information out to the enemy there. 
And it says also they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. You know what? What what benefit is it? What benefit is it is to be sharing with the enemy, even if it's family? Even if it's family that doesn't hold the same principles, what benefit is it? You know, Nehemiah is so, if you look at this chapter now, Nehemiah is just absolutely clear. He's focused in on his objective. And the objective is to hold forth the Lord's name in a holy and reverent way. That started all the way back in the palace. Remember, he wept, go back to chapter one. He weeps for four or five months, weeps and fasts because of the people of God not not going on right as they had come out of out of the foreign lands and come back to Jerusalem. And he goes back to build this wall of separation. Worship had already been established. Worship was already established. He wasn't there to establish worship. He's there to clean it up because they were mingling and there was no separation between the world coming in and what God's holy principles and methods are. So I think it's very interesting to see the family comes into play here and we're going to see that as we go on as well. I can't tell you how relevant this is for today because it's just striking to see how the enemy works, but the heart of God is still the same. So with that, tell a friend and join us on the next one. We'll be jumping on Nehemiah 7. Uh, that'll be coming up here. A little long chapter there, so we're just going to tiptoe through some of those. A lot of names that are coming up there. And so with that, we'll see you next time. May the Lord bless you, and may we have that same relationship with the Lord that Nehemiah has that constant communion. We have that constant communion.